Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Bless you, Lord. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Glory, glory, glory. Glory, glory, glory. Glory, glory, glory. Oh, bless you, Lord. 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 Bless your name, Jesus. Bless your name, Jesus. Bless your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. Bless you, bless you, bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. 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 See, that's getting in that river. Letting that river flow. Just letting it flow out. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. See, there's a river inside of us. When you let that river flow, and it meets the river that flows from the throne, that's the place the power resides. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. His presence is wonderful. You just can't help but praise him, bless him, give him the glory and the honor that he's so worthy to receive. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. You get around God, it's like being around the throne. Every time you're around the throne, it said, and I heard a loud voice. <laughs> we bless God with a loud voice. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's not because he's deaf. He can hear us. But it's because we, in exuberance, worship him, honor him, and give him the glory that he's worthy to receive. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Well, I guess you can be seated. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Excuse us for a minute. At least we're not on camera. <laughs> Don't be distracted by a wire. Praise the Lord. Look at that. That didn't even interrupt the anointing. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> 
You know, when I first got saved, and I remember, first got saved, first got filled with the Holy Spirit, you'd sit there and you'd pray in the Holy Ghost and be, wherever we were, it was like freezing cold. But it was like, we don't want to move. I don't want to move because it might interrupt the anointing. You know, that's, you know, babyhood thinking. You're not going to interrupt the anointing by moving. But we didn't know that back then. <laughs> we barely know anything today, but we knew less back then. <laughs> Thank God we can know a little bit more. Hallelujah. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 3. There's some things that the Lord wants to share tonight. And I believe your heart is open to receive. With the time that we spend in worship, opening up to him, honoring him. Come to the place to where our heart is wide open and ready to receive and hear from heaven. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 8. The Apostle Paul speaking here and he says, To me, the very least of all saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unfathomable riches of Christ. So grace was given to him to do what? To preach to the Gentiles the unfathomable riches of Christ. So he knew why grace was given to him. He knew what it was for. He knew how to use it, how to operate in it, how to function in it, and what its purpose was. Amen? And, you know, Romans tells us that we all have gifts that differ according to the grace that's been given to us. So just as grace was given to the Apostle Paul, grace is given to every single one of us. So um, what is it that we have? We have gifts that differ. Gifts, positions, functions, operations within the body of Christ. We all have differences of gifts and operations, but it's all based on the grace that was given to us. So the question then would be, why do I have the grace that I have? Do I know the grace that I have? Do I know the purpose of the grace? Paul knew. He knew exactly what it was for. He didn't know on the road to Damascus. He didn't know when the Lord appeared to him. He didn't know until the Lord started instructing him and directing him on what to do. In fact, I believe a lot of it came alive when those uh, number of years that he sat in the church of Antioch. And then the day came when there was a number of disciples and they were all praying. And the Holy Spirit said, now separate unto me Saul and Barnabas for that which I have called them to. And that's when that all started. So there was grace given to Paul, but there's grace given to each and every one of us. Now, the grace was given to Paul to do what? Preach to the Gentiles the unfathomable riches of Christ. Well, whatever position, function, and operation that we're in, it's all about reaching out and touching others. Isn't that right? And what are we to touch him with, touch those with? The unfathomable riches of Christ. So... Are we Gentiles? Yes, we've all been grafted in. We all came out of the Gentile world. So therefore, what was preached to us is the unfathomable riches of Christ. So if that's what's preached to us, then that's what we have to give to others. 
Isn't that right? Amen. So it's not only the riches of Christ, but it's the unfathomable riches, impossible to be traced, unsearchable riches, impossible to understand and comprehend. They're unfathomable. Well, if it's impossible to understand and comprehend, how are we going to know them? Revelation. It's only by revelation that we can know these things, and they get revealed to us line upon line, precept upon precept, a little here, a little there. Isn't that right? Yes. Amen. So, therefore, since it must be preached to us, it has to be revealed and made known. So then verse 9 comes in, and he says, And to bring to light what is the administration of the mystery, which for ages has been hidden in God, who created all things. So preaching brings to light. So even though preaching brings things to light, you still have to catch it. You have to catch it. You cannot allow it to be stolen. The parable of the sower talks about four people, four different groups of people that got the word preached to them. Three lost it. They got it stolen, but one kept it and bore fruit. So it's not enough that it gets preached. It has to be caught. It's like faith. Faith cannot be taught. It has to be caught because it has to come alive on the inside of us. Isn't that right? Yes. Amen. And, uh, you know, I heard about Jesus long before I got saved. Probably the first time I heard about Jesus in the area of salvation and relationship was about 10 years before I got saved. So even though it was preached, even though it was taught, even though it was spoken to me, I didn't catch it. I thought it was foolishness. You in the same boat, so. So preaching, the idea of preaching is to bring it to the light, but then we have to catch it. What was hidden is now revealed. What was hidden is now revealed. The administration of the mystery, which for ages has been hidden, but now it's revealed. In Corinthians, Paul says things with eye has not seen and ear has not heard, all that God has prepared for those that love him, but to us God has revealed it by the Spirit. He's revealed it by the Spirit, not in your head. He didn't reveal it to your mind. He revealed it in your spirit. And it's out from your spirit then that you teach your mind. Of course, what does your mind know about the things of God? Nothing. Our mind is ignorant when it comes to the things of God. And it, our mind has to be taught out from our spirit. Out from our spirit comes the control of our emotions and our feelings. Out of our spirit comes the, the power to set our will to walk in the things that God would have us to walk in. Out of the spirit and with the soul in combination then in agreement, now we can take control of this flesh and walk in a manner that's worthy of the Lord. He revealed it by the Spirit. He revealed it to the Spirit. Hallelujah. Are you with me? So that means if you don't spend any time in the river, you don't get any of this. All you get is head knowledge that wants to try to figure out what the Word is saying. You got to get in the river. On the day of Pentecost... They all came out in the street, and they were speaking the wonders of God, weren't they? 
They all heard it in their own language. They were speaking the wonders of God. And what did many say? They're full of sweet wine. Why? They didn't catch it. They didn't catch it. They heard them speaking the wonders of God, but they said they're just full of sweet wine. Because they didn't catch it. So hearing it isn't enough. You can hear it, you can hear it, you can hear it, but that's not enough. Jesus talked about the two foundations, one that heard the word and didn't act on it, and his house was built on the sand. The other heard the word, and he acted on it, and his house was built on the rock. Both of them had storms, both of them had winds, both of them had rain. One house on the sand collapsed because they were not doers of what they heard, but the one that did what they heard, their house stood on the foundation and was not moved. Amen. So when you hear it, it doesn't mean you got it. And this is why we say things like, oh, I've heard that before. Because the Rolodex of your mind goes to that piece and pulls it out, but the treasure's not in your spirit. If the treasure was in your spirit, you'd love to hear it again. Because the Apostle Paul said, I will not fail to edify you, build you up by bringing to your remembrance. See, if you get edified by hearing it, you've, you've got that. You've had that, but yet you love hearing it again. But when you think, I heard that before, that's the Rolodex of your mind. You didn't get it. You never got it because you're not being edified by getting it this time. Don't shout me down. Are you with me? So hearing it doesn't mean you have it. You've got to catch it, and then you've got to work it into your life so that your life then is on a good foundation because storms come to everybody. Jesus said, in the world you have tribulation, but take courage, I've overcome the world. And since you're in me, you're the overcomer too. Yes, amen. Verse 10. So that, in order that, or for this reason, that the manifold wisdom of God may now be made known through the church to the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly places. <laughs> so the church is not supposed to be in the dark. The church is supposed to be walking in the light. What light? The light of the unfathomable riches of Christ. Isn't that right? So the church now is to proclaim the truth by living the truth, and you do it right in the face of the rulers of the heavenly places, right in their face. You know what that means? It means no fear here. No fear here. Right in your face. This is it. This is the wisdom of God in your face, son. <laughs> okay, thank you for that amen. I do like that. I like that. I like it because the devil's a bully. His, uh, his, his, his hosts are bullies, and that's all that they are. They're big mouths. They want to bully you, bully you, bully you. So we like getting in their face and tell them where it's at. <laughs> Oh, you might get the devil mad. <laughs> no, the devil's not mad. The devil done scared. <laughs> he remembers when Jesus rose from the dead and put a knot on his head. Paralyzed him, brought him to naught, made an open show of him publicly. Every time you are, every time that you are making known the wisdom of God, it reminds him that his day is coming. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 11 and 12. 
And this was in accordance with the eternal purposes which he carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and confident access through faith in him. This was in accordance, okay? Or you could say that this was in line with, this was dominated by the eternal purposes of God. God had an eternal purpose from days gone by, and the eternal purpose was to make known the mystery. And to make it known to the church so that then through the church it could be proclaimed. Lived in, right in the face of the heavenly authorities, principalities, and powers. This whole thing was fulfilled in Christ. He carried it out in Christ Jesus our Lord. Isn't that right? Well, guess what? We're in him. So we can walk in the same that he walked in. And we have boldness and confident access to the same things that Christ walked in. In fact, the mirror translation said that by his perfect hearing, he has forever freed us to hear what he heard. You can hear exactly the things that he heard from the Father. You can get direction, leadership, guidance from God. Amen? Amen. Confident access. Confident access. Hallelujah. 13 through 16. He says, therefore, I ask you not to lose heart at my tribulations on, on your behalf, for they are your glory. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name that he would grant to you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man. That he would, according to the riches of his glory. What riches? The unfathomable riches of Christ. Those riches. According to those riches of his glory, that's revealed. It's the unfathomable riches of Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. So... The Father has granted it to us, that he would grant to you, that he would grant to you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man. And we have confident boldness to access this. But without faith, you can't do it. You could forget about just sitting there and waiting for God to do something. God has done everything God's going to do. And it's up to us to take hold of what he has already prepared and provided. So that he would grant to you. Well, he has granted it to us. Isn't that right? And since he has granted it to us, we can step into it. But the, the granting of it is not automatic. It's going to be based on faith. And how does faith come? By hearing. So just like the unfathomable riches, they're unsearchable, they're uncomprehendable and un not understandable, but they can be revealed yeah. so that they can. You can't in your mind understand it. You can't in your mind search it, but God by the Spirit reveals it to us. So therefore, we can step into these things through revelation. So that's why verse 16 now in the Passion Translation. Let's read that. Verse 16 in the Passion Translation. And it says, I pray that he would unveil within you 
the unlimited riches. What's the unlimited riches? The unfathomable riches of Christ that he would unveil within you. The unlimited riches of his glory and favor or grace until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. So this tells me then that <clears throat> there needs to be an unveiling or a revelation of these unfathomable, unlimited, unsearchable riches of Christ. And like anything to do with faith, it is not sitting and waiting, but it is to ponder, to think about it, to meditate it, to muse over it. Why? Because it needs to be unveiled. How does it get unveiled? Well, when God decides, no, 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 no. It is not when God decides, it's when you get on the ball and you start taking that word, meditate it, ponder it, muse over it, think about it, and the soil will produce of itself. Now, God's doing it because he's programmed it all. But it's the soil of your heart that is designed to produce it. The soil produces the, the fruit of itself. Isn't that right? So therefore, we ought to take that word, the seed of the word, and get it on the inside of us by meditating it, pondering it, thinking about it, musing over it. Why? So that it gets unveiled within us more and more and more. Well, good. I want it to un be unveiled because I want to have wrong thinking, wrong thinking. I want this unveiled within me so that supernatural strength floods my innermost being with his divine might and explosive power so I will be able to do it. Because without God energizing you, you won't be able to do it. Well, I've never really had trouble doing it. Then you didn't do what God wanted you to do. Because when you can do it within your own strength, it's probably not God. God always asks you to do more than what you think you can do. Because then you would need him. Yes. If you can do it on your own, you don't need him. And if you could do it all on your own, you'd be him. <laughs> now, we started teaching on this 10 months ago. We're at the end of October, so we're going on 11 months. So we should have been meditating, pondering, musing over these things now for the last 10 months. Boy, I got quiet. <laughs> Not one amen in the house. The more that comes alive, the more faith you can move in. So now we're 10 months down the road. We should be believing for more than we did 10 months ago. We should have pressed in for more than we did 10 months ago. We should be able to do more than we did 10 months ago. We should be able to live more. We should be able to give more. We should be able to have more grace abounding to us. We should have more strength to stand in order to accomplish more for God. The glory of God should have been manifested more. There should be more might and power moving through us, in us, and on us. Because we've taken hold of these things. 
course, we didn't think that God gave us some type of a path in the beginning of the year just so we could have a New Year's Eve celebration. See, we were serious about this stuff. We're serious to get hold of this stuff, get it in our life working. Because what good is it to go through a whole year and then start again with another thing and you still haven't done last year's? In fact, we've been doing this type of theme now. 2003? No, I'm sorry, 1993. That's just short of 30 years. We're coming up on 30 years now that we've been doing these things. Now, where would your life be if every year you took these things and you meditated and pondered it and pressed into it? Where would you be? This is 30 years worth of God setting our path. And on his path drips fatness. And I realize fatness may be taking place, but not always the way I want it to. <laughs> Are you with me? Verse 20, in the, in the Passion Translation, I'm sorry, verse 20. It says, never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all, for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. So if he's going to outdo all of that, how's he going to do it? Is he going to do it for you? No. He's going to do it through you. Yes. So you have to get into a place to where his power and his energy, divine might and explosive power is working in you to energize you so that you can obey God and walk in the things he would have you to walk in. Yes. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request. Well, has your request increased this year? He can do infinitely more than your most unbelievable dream. Are your dreams beyond what you would dare? He can do infinitely more than your wildest imagination. So is our imagination wilder than ever? Well, your requests, your dreams, your imaginations... Are they based on the desire of your flesh and your personal wants? Or are they based on the continual unveiling of his grace and his glory that causes us to request greater, causes us to dream larger, and causes our imagination to be even wilder? That I can I have an imagination about doing these things for God. See, what kind of an imagination do we have? I'm, I'm not asking you to reveal what you imagine, but I'm just saying. <laughs> Our imagination should get wilder. Wilder. Our dreams should get larger. Our requests should become greater. Well, I don't know, Pastor. I'm still working on one from five years ago, you know. 
Are we still looking to our own desires or are we looking to promote the kingdom? Are we living in, are we living the manifold wisdom of God in the face of the rulers of the world? In the past 10 months, have we grown? Have we increased in knowledge of his grace and his glory? Are we pressing in to achieve more for the kingdom? Where are we? What are we doing? And why the grace? You see, this goes beyond playing church. This is when playing church comes to an end. Because this is when we start to realize God requires of us. The word of the Lord had come through Pastor Nid at a believers meeting some time ago. And summary, she said, God has opened things up. This is, this is the word of the Lord that came through her, that God has opened things up to show me that I would bring those things to you who are his people. That through the teaching of these things, it would bring about freedom for you to live free and to walk free. Now, we know that it comes to us by hearing, because that's how things come. But it's manifested in our life through living obedience to what we've heard. Obedience to the word that we've heard. So again, now, we're 10 months down the road. What have we done with the word that we've heard? Is there more freedom in our life? Are we walking more free? Are we living more free? God said his goal for us as a body was to be free. Yeah. Dennis Burke came some time ago, a few years ago, and at that time he said, from Isaiah 58, it's actually verse, you don't have to turn there, but Isaiah 58, 11 and 12 in the Passion Translation. And it said that we would be known as repairers of the city and restorers of communities. Just like in the churches in the book of Revelation. Jesus speaks and says the promises are for those who overcome. Well, what are we supposed to overcome? Whatever it is that's trying to stop us from being repairers of the cities and restorers of communities. To overcome whatever's trying to get us to compromise. To overcome whatever's trying to keep the promises out of our life. See, that's a promise, that you would be a repairer of cities and restorers of communities. That's a promise to you. And guess what? There's not one person in this room that's able to do it. Not one. And if you haven't been meditating on what he said a couple of years ago, you're nowhere closer than where you were when we were there when we heard it about four years ago. You're nowhere closer to that because you haven't meditated on it. But yet that was a promise spoken to you to be a repairer of the cities and a restorer of communities. 
Doug Wingate came about three years ago or four. No, it was one, two, three, four, about four or five years ago. And he said that the grace of God is on this body to fill the church. And everybody said, oh, hallelujah, glory to God. And went home and forgot about it. But yet God brings things to us. To what? Empower us. To strengthen us. To enable us. To allow the grace of God to move through us. He came uh, a year after that, or two years after that, and he had declared that fresh fire hits the house, this house, so that we could move into stratas of the spirit not known before. So just out of curiosity, in the last four years, have you moved in stratas of the spirit that you have not known before? Why? Because it wasn't in your heart and it wasn't in your mouth. See, are we word of faith people or what? If we're word of faith people, then the word of God the heart has to get in your heart and get in your mouth. Get in your heart and get in your mouth. Get in your heart and get in your mouth. But what, is, what do we do as word of faith people? It gets in our notes and goes on the shelf. Don't shout me down. But this is why things don't increase in our life. And this is why we come back service after service after service after service. And everything's exactly the same. And that should not be. And I think that one of the biggest reasons is because of what the Lord spoke to us about Wednesday night. A failure to watch. And things have slipped away. Now, God's not mad at you, no more than he was mad at the churches in the book of Revelation, but he is reminding you and telling you we need to pick these things up again if life is going to change, if we're going to accomplish things that he wants accomplished. We say it all the time, oh, God, that your will would be done on earth as it's done in heaven. Who's going to do it? Well, since you said it, you get to do it. We see we have to get these things in our heart, in our mouth, in our life, in our heart, in our mouth, in our life, in our heart, in our mouth, and then into our life. Amen. There are stratas of unlimited glory and grace. It's the unfathomable riches of Christ that we can step into. God is trying to move us someplace. He's trying to move you someplace. He's trying to move all of us as individuals someplace. And there is a need to connect to fresh fire in order to obtain it. We cannot continue to go along in the same way that we have gone over and over and over again and think things are going to change. What's the definition of insanity? <laughs> to do the same thing over and over again and expect different results. Now, some of you are getting some results on some things and you're learning about some stuff and you're pressing in and that's great and don't let go of it. 
Why do we need fresh fire? Because we have to burn out the dross of lethargy. We have to return to our first love. Put off a failure to watch. Move out of the comfort of compromise and step into the fullness of what the Lord would have us to accomplish in these days. There are things he wants us to accomplish. He wants us as a church to accomplish, and there are things that he wants us as individuals to accomplish. These are days to be fervent in spirit, serving the Lord with a life that is pleasing to him. That's where it starts. We start serving the Lord by getting our life in order. And I live for God and want to live the way God wants me to live. That's number one. And out from that life then comes a life of service to the Lord. Amen. Are you with me? There is a definite need for unlimited riches of glory and grace to come alive on the inside of us to move us along in the things God would have us to do. There are things of freedom. There are things of repairing, things of restoring, things of freshness of fire in our heart. It's in our heart. It's just been covered over. Just like the wells, Abraham's well. Isaac redug the wells again because the Philistines covered it over. You know, we've talked about this. We get covered over with the things of the world. We get covered over with busyness. We get covered over with schedules. We get covered over with that. That planner book has got so much control over my life. I'm trying to squeeze God in there. And it pushes out the things of God. And God's trying to get us to move along. He has so much for us. There is a need for supernatural strength flooding our innermost being. If you're the person that you're, I, I'm always looking for a break. I'm always looking for a, I'm always looking to take, something's wrong. Something's wrong. You're probably burning yourself out in the flesh. It's just your flesh that's running you. Your flesh is wearing you out. Oh, me. Good preaching, Pastor. Praise God. I needed to hear that. <laughs> Ah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, when you've got supernatural strength flooding into your innermost being, you're not always looking for a break. But if you're doing things by the flesh, there's no strength to it. You're going in the strength of your flesh. You know, and what does the Bible say about trusting in the arm of the flesh? Cursed is the man that trusts in flesh and makes flesh his strength. See, there is, what, what is God laying out for us? Every year he lays this out. And pretty soon we're coming up to another one. It's right around the corner. He's laying out for us every year a path of life. He's making known to us the path of life of what he wants us to walk in. Isn't that right? That path of life 
so that we could walk in divine might and explosive power, that we would stay on the path, stay the course, and accomplish what he has declared to us. Isn't that what you want? Of course it is. It's really what we want. When Pastor Dafa Thomas was here, she had a word from the Lord. And, she, and the Lord said, before I return, there shall be an endowment of power that shall be great. There shall be a release, a release of the power of God that you do not know nor understand nor have experienced. Sounds like unfathomable riches. Yeah. Needs to be an unveiling. A release of the power of God that you do not know nor understand nor have experienced. So what that means is you can forget about the day of Pentecost and stop thinking we're going back to something from thousands of years ago. God wants to do something that's not been done before. He's not going back to any way that it used to be. He's moving forward. We're the ones that are always looking back thinking, oh, it's going to be like that because to us, that's all we know. But that type of thinking has to change. You can't trust in God by looking at the past like that. What does God want to do today? Yeah. Well, I don't know. Well, then be ready. <laughs> but you can't be ready and be lethargic. You got to be fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Isn't that right? There shall be a release of the power of God that you do not know, nor understand, nor have experienced, but you will know it, and you will begin to understand. But you got to catch it. Yeah. you got to stay alert. you got to stay awake. It's not about guys out in the street speaking about the wonders of God, and everybody thinks, oh, they're full of sweet wine. Well, you think, well, that's, that's silly. That's only silly because you're reading the account. But what about today? What if something like whatever God's going to do today and we don't understand what God's doing and people are doing like, what? And you're like, oh, that's ridiculous. Those people are like the laughing, the spirit of laughter. Oh, those people, that's just ridiculous. And yet how many people got set free? How many people got delivered? How many people got healed? Because laughter doeth good like a medicine. But yet people were looking at that and going, oh, they're full of sweet wine. Same, I mean, the same type of attitude. And you can do the same thing to the power of God today. But if we stay alert, you can come to know it and you can begin to understand it. And then you'll walk in it. It will not be in every so-called church. It will not be in every so-called gathering. But it will be where I put my hand on. It'll be where my spirit can move and where my spirit will not be quenched. It'll be where they're crying out to me for my presence and for my power. I will do it. Believe me for it. Look in the word and look up. I am God and I will do it. And the church will finish triumphant. Notice the phrase he put in there. Believe me for it. I will move where they are crying out for me, for my presence and for my power. I will do it. Believe me for it. Like we said today. The Lord said, I told you if you'd believe, you'd see. You can't just sit there and go, well, let's just see what God's going to do. I don't know what he's going to do. I mean, you know, God does what God does and he'll just do it. And you will not be in on it. Today's the day to choose. 
because you have to be prepared for when the day comes. Well, they weren't prepared for Pentecost. Of course they were. Jesus said, go into the city and wait. Wait for the promise of the Father. And they waited. They did what was necessary. They prepared themselves. Did they know what was coming? No, but they did prepare for whatever. Amen. Believe me for it is what he said to us. And these are all promises. What was spoken through Pastor Nid was spoken twice through Dr. Dennis Burke and through Pastor Thomas. They're all promises spoken that we ought to step into, that we ought to believe God for. Not want it, like it, wish it, or even agree in our mind. Why is it that most Christians don't, don't really believe for those things that were spoken? Because I don't see how it's going to do anything for me personally. That's not going to help me on vacation. That's not going to help me on my job. That's not going to help me make more money. I don't see what that's going to do for me. That's why most Christians don't meditate on the gifts of the Spirit. Because all the gifts are for somebody else, not for us. So since it's not for me, why would I meditate on that? I want what I want and what I need. I feel like dad talking to you tonight. <laughs> I know what some of you think, not my dad. <laughs> Believe him for it. You got to trust him. Have a, a firm conviction on the inside, a inward certainty, fully persuaded, a hope with a certain expectation that it's going to come, it's going to happen. I believe it, it's in my heart, it's in my mouth. I'm crying out to God for that, for his presence, for his power, for what he wants to do in these days. I'm crying out to be a part of what he's doing. I wanna be in on what he's going to do in these days. I have absolute confidence and trust, complete surrender in thought, in word, and with heartfelt obedience. That's what surrender is. I think what God says, I say what God says, and I obey what God says. That is heartfelt obedience, trust in him. Amen. It's no different than, honey, if you eat all your dinner, you'll have a cookie. So the child then is to trust what was said. So they believe what they heard. If I eat all my dinner, I'll get a cookie. So they start saying to themselves, eat all your dinner. Eat all your dinner because then you're going to have a cookie. Eat all your dinner because then you're going to have a cookie. And then when they eat all their dinner and they've been obedient, they heard, they declared, they did it. And then the reward comes. In a perfect world, that's the way it works. But unlike imperfect parents, you're not going to twist God's arm to say you, can only, you only have to eat half of your dinner or just one more bite, honey, and it'll be okay. No, God's not like that. He said eat the dinner. That's what he means. Now it's in your court. You either do what he said or you don't. So heartfelt trust in God. I hear what he says. I say what he says. And I do what he says. Because I know 
that it will turn out exactly as he said. I need to start to know it. I need to start to desire it and press in for it. You know, in, in, in Proverbs 16, in the Amplified Bible, verse 3. In fact, why don't you throw that up there? Proverbs 16, 3, the Amplified Bible. Roll your works upon the Lord. Commit and trust them wholly to him. He will cause your thoughts to become agreeable to his will, and so shall your plans be established and succeed. Okay? Now, when you read that, and it says, roll your works upon the Lord, what does that mean to you? Okay, well, this is what God said, but I'm just giving it over to him, and he'll just take care of that, and as he wants to do it, it'll be done. I just roll it over on him, and I don't even give a second thought about it. It's what most people think. But that's so far from the truth. It doesn't say roll everything over onto him. It says roll your what? Works. What is works? The works are the how is this going to happen? That's the works. Roll the how is this going to happen over onto him. But I don't roll onto him faith. I don't roll away my trust. I don't roll away my confession of faith. I don't roll away what I believe about what he said. I don't roll away declaring what he has declared. And I don't roll away what I do in obedience to what he said. But I do roll over onto him the how is this going to happen. So when I do that and roll that over onto him then he'll cause my thinking to start become in agreement with his will. So as I start to think what he thinks, I'll start to say what he says, I'll start to do as he says, and I will be walking in his will. So therefore, my plan, which is his will, is going to be established and succeed. In other words, the how-to is going to come to pass. You don't throw everything over and just say, oh, I'm not going to bother with that. I don't, I don't even think about that. That's why you don't have any faith in it. You just threw your faith away. You throw the works. You roll the works over onto him. Isn't that right? Amen. Your thoughts become in agreement with his will so that you can do your part. And as you do your part, God will do his part. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A lot of times it concerns us. How is it going to happen? How are these things going to happen? How can I do this? I don't see how I can do this. With all I have going on, how can I have time to do this? How can I cry out for him and be involved in the things he wants to do? I'm so busy. I got a lot of stuff going on. How can I cry out for him and be involved in these things when I'm not able to do it? Well, Philippians 2, verse 13. For it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. The mirror translation says, 
Discover God himself as your inexhaustible inner source. Your inexhaustible inner source. God is your inexhaustible inner source. And don't sit there and go, yeah, when that's not a reality in your life. It's in the Rolodex. You got to get it out of the Rolodex and get it into the treasures of your spirit. Well, how do you do that? Meditate. Meditate, ponder, muse over it, think about it, get it in your heart, get it in your mouth, get it in your life, get it in your heart, get it in your mouth, get it in your life, get it in your heart, get it in your mouth, get it in your life. He's your inexhaustible source. Discover God. Discover God as your inexhaustible inner source. He ignites you with both the desire and the energy that matches his own delight. Well, delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. He'll put desires in your heart, and with the desire comes the energy to do it. Faith in the desire, faith in the desire, with the faith for the desire comes the energy to perform it. I'm not ashamed of the word of God, for the word of God is the power of God. Wow, what's the power of God? The word of God. What word? The one you don't think about. The one you're too busy thinking about other stuff about. The one you don't have time to meditate on. The one that you've been hearing for the last 23, uh, uh, almost 33 years now. Every year, every year, there has been a theme that God has given us, a path to walk down. And it never fails. I'm just going to tell you this. It never fails. If we get to October or November of that year, and everybody's forgotten what the theme is <laughs> and where we're going, what road we're headed down. But how do you expect to get there? If you don't know where you're going... The devil will bring you any place. Are you with me? You know, what does it tell us in 2 Peter 1.5? Add to your faith. What's the number one thing you add to your faith? Virtue, which is energy. Energy. So, with both the desire, he'll get, he ignites you with both the desire and the energy that matches his own delight. So he gives you that desire, and there's the energy then to perform it. Faith in the desire comes with energy to perform it. Why? Because faith in the Word of God releases the power of God. Because the first thing that gets added to faith is energy. It tells us this all through the Bible. Whatever energy we think we need, he can do exceedingly abundantly beyond. But you got to believe for a glimmer. <laughs> it's called mustard seed. He's not asking you to build the whole mansion. Mustard seed. It's all he's asking for. It tells us about the level of faith we have. It's not automatic. you got to believe for it. Faith 
Listen, faith always releases that which has already been provided. Stop looking for God to provide it. It's already been provided. If God did not provide it, you couldn't have faith for it. He already provided it for you, so therefore faith releases what's the faith is re being released in what has already been provided. Yes. You understand that? So therefore we can cry out for his presence and for his power, and we can cry out to receive because it's already been provided. Everything that Dr. Burke talked to us about was provided. Everything that the Lord said through Pastor Ned was provided. What the Lord said through uh, Pastor Thomas was already provided. All God's asking for is set your faith. Yeah, that's it. It's always asking. Seems simple. But then there's the parable of the sower. And we have to decide which person we're going to be. Colossians 1, 29. Colossians 1, 29. For this purpose also I labor, striving according to his power, which mightily works within me. This is the mirror translation of that. My labor now exceeds any zeal that I previously knew under the duty-driven law of willpower. I am laboring beyond the point of exhaustion, striving with intense resolve with all the energy that he mightily inspires within me. With all the energy he mightily inspires within me. And it all starts with the unveiling, which is going to come by meditating and pondering and thinking and musing. Paul had a zeal under the law. He was on his way to Damascus, remember? He was going to arrest those that were in the way. They were of the way, but he considered they were in the way. And he wanted to remove them out of the way. He had a zeal. In fact, if you read about Paul, and if you actually look at things in, in history and the original language, when it talked about how he went to houses, and dragged people out, that he was absolutely mentally deranged over all of this. That something happened to him when he stood there and held the coats of those that stoned Stephen. Something happened to him, and his something happened to him mentally, and he was mentally berserk and deranged over dragging people out of the houses and bringing them to jail. And he was a madman over these things extremely zealous to do it. He had a zeal under the law, and it caused great striving very simply by using his willpower. That's all it was. He was operating in his own self-willpower. Now, some people, and boy, I hope you don't think like this, because I tell you sometimes I want to knock the snot out of some people. It really ticks me off. Okay. 
I, love, I do. I'm walking in love. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I love, love, love. But people think, oh, so-and-so, they, they, they can do those things with God because they really have a, they've always had a strong willpower. Oh, oh, don't ever tell that to me. Please, if you ever think that, keep it to yourself. Don't tell it to me. That is the most, to me, it's the most obscene thing you could ever say about the things of God. That they're operating in the things of God because of their own personal willpower and ability. Mm. Which simply tells me, you don't understand the first thing about God. Paul was operating strictly by his willpower. He had zeal without knowledge. Now, in the mirror translation, he said, I am laboring beyond the point of exhaustion. He does not say, because this is what people think. Here we go again. This is what people think. Oh, I'm not going down that road. I tell you what, that is just so exhausting. That is such work. That is so hard. That is just blah, 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 and on and on and on and on and on. And again, you're clueless. Clueless about the things of God. And I understand you are. That's why you say the things you say. He does not say. I am totally exhausted, but I just keep on going. I'm so wore out, but I keep on going to the glory of God. No, that's not what he says. I'm so totally exhausted. He says I'm laboring beyond the point of exhaustion. So what it means is he's beyond the point of where his willpower would be able to bring him to where he would be exhausted. But now that point don't exist anymore. I'm way beyond that. My willpower and that point of exhaustion is totally out of my life. I'm moving in the grace of God, and it brings me way beyond my own willpower or my own self. That's what Paul is saying. That grace brings me way beyond myself. If you're amazed at things that people do, and they're doing it by the grace of God, and they're traveling the world. You know, who, who, a good example of that was Lester Summerall. Lester Summerall, I think he, when he was in his 80s, he put to shame 30-year-olds. He'd run circles around them. And they'd say, oh, he's got a lot of energy. He had grace. Yeah. He's operating in grace. Yep. Amen. There was a point in my willpower where I reached exhaustion, but now that point no longer exists, and it no longer affects me. My willpower took me to that point, but now by the abounding grace of God, I have abundantly exceeded that point, and I can continue on with an intense resolve. I don't even slow down because the grace of God. His divine might, his explosive power, his strengthening me in my inner man. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Are you with me? The unlimited riches of his glory and his grace, 
releasing within us supernatural strength, divine power, divine might, and explosive power. Grace is designed to take you beyond yourself. That's fresh fire. See, it's the fresh fire of God that we need. Amen. Amen. And I'm going to ask you really tonight to make some decisions. And um, Jude, could you come up to the keyboard? I want to ask you a couple of things tonight. And I want you to decide on whether you're going to make a decision in this area or not. So here's what I want to do is... I want to ask you, do you want things? I mean, we talked about it this morning. Do you want things to change in your life? Are you satisfied, happy, and very well content with the way your life is right now? I would ask you to look at the word of God, the promises of God, and based on the standard of that word, are you satisfied? Is there a need in your life for fresh fire? You can go ahead. Is there a need in your life for fresh fire? Is there a need? To, to get out of that, for lack of a better word, church mode and get into a life mode. A life mode is one that comes, hears the word, takes it, ponders it, thinks about it, meditates on it until it comes alive on the inside of them and they can get it working in their life. Life mode with the Lord is not five minutes in the morning or even an hour in the morning. Life mode with the Lord is continual. It's like we said earlier, the river of God is inside of us. I don't have to try to get into his presence. I am always in his presence. And all I have to do is let the river flow. Well, you might need some fresh fire just to get that river to start flowing again. It's there. It's always been there. But maybe it's been stopped up. It's been dammed up. It's something we don't even think about. Maybe we come to church and there's some worship and, oh, let's sing in the Spirit. And that's the only time we think about it. What do you need to change things in your life? Whatever that need is, it's going to be found in fresh fire. Fresh fire from the Holy Ghost to burn things out 
to bring about the change that's needed. Fresh fire that brings us into a place to where we're open to hear, to receive, for the unveiling of the glory and the grace of God within us, for those things to become explosive, for our requests to increase, our dreams to be larger and our imaginations in God to become wilder. All based on the unveiling of His grace and His glory. I'm not talking about desires of the flesh, personal wants. I'm talking about that what comes from Him. Do you have a desire from God? Is the energy the power, the might there available to carry you through and bring you out to the other side of manifested glory. I don't know where you're at. You may not even know where you're at, but we know the Holy Ghost certainly knows where each and every one of us are at. And I'm just opening this up to you tonight for the fresh fire of God to come upon you, to touch you in whatever you need to make the changes in your life. Because I don't believe that any one of us is really satisfied with where we're at when we compare it to what God has provided and blessed us with. So I'm going to just ask you to come and stand up here. If fresh fire is something that you really want in your life today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just lift your hands before the Lord. What are you praying? Anything special? Can you do Holy Spirit, what we did before? Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Jesus. Thank you, Father. Pray in the Holy Ghost.
sing it again. Holy Spirit, you welcome. If you come up to, don't sing. Don't sing if you've come up. I want you just to receive from the Lord. Fresh fire. 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 Okay, stop praying. Stop praying. And just receive. Just receive within you. Just receive. Just receive. Fresh fire. Fresh fire. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Fresh fire. Thank you, Father. Fresh fire. Fresh fire. Fresh fire. Thank you, Fresh fire, fresh fire, fresh fire, 
fresh fire, fill, fill, fill. Fresh fire. Fresh fire. Fresh fire. Full, 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 full. <laughs> full, full. Fresh fire. Fresh fire. Fresh fire. Fresh fire. Thank you, Fresh fire. Fresh, fresh, fresh fire. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, your presence, Lord. Your presence, Lord. Your presence, Lord. Wonderful is your presence. Wonderful is your presence. Fresh fire. Bless you, Lord Jesus. Bless you, Lord Jesus. Fresh fire. 
Freshness and a newness. Don't shy away, but press in. Don't back away, but press in. It will be new. It will be new. And it shall be so fresh.
fresh fire, fresh fire, fresh fire, burn in your belly, fresh fire, a fire that burns in your belly, fresh fire, fresh fire, fresh fire, fresh fire, fresh fire. of the unveiling that will produce within you supernatural strength, divine might, and explosive power. Huh. And those that know you will say, whoa, what has happened to you? I have not seen this before, but it will be my divine might, my explosive power, that will explode from you for the fire that gets set in you today is fresh, 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 fresh. I say it does not matter. Those things just don't matter. Don't look to the right and don't look to the left, but look straight ahead, straight on my path, and you will see that what comes is a freshness of fatness that pours on you. In Jesus' name. Sakaya Mate. 
Sickness, disease, pain. Lift your hands to the Lord. We know the word of God says that they'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. We also know the word of God says that he sent his word and healed them. And he sends his word today. Be healed. Thank you, Jesus. The Bible says he spoke a word and healed them. You just received that. You received that word. Received that anointing that came on that word. Hallelujah. Something you couldn't do before, do it now. <laughs> Glory to God. 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 Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. All glory, all honor to you, Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord God. 
Hallelujah to our King, to our Lord, our Savior, Deliverer, Healer, our everything, our all in all, Redeemer from the curse. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The God of freedom, the God of deliverance, the God of liberty, the God of wholeness. Hallelujah. 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 We bless you, Lord. 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 Glory, glory, glory. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord forevermore. Praise the Lord forevermore. Praise the Lord forevermore. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God is good. He's not only is he a good God, he's good to me. Say that. My God is good to me. He's a good father. He cares about me. His eye is on me. His hand is towards me. His ear is open to me because I am his concern. I am the love of his life. I am the apple of his eye. I am his. He is mine. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. 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 Bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you. Glory, glory. Glory, glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. <laughs> praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. What do we do now? <laughs> God is so good. His presence is wonderful, His word is glorious. His might is powerful. Cry out for his presence. Cry out for his power. Believe him for the things he has declared and the things he wants to do. And we will say, the Lord has done great things and we are glad. Amen. Amen. Father, we bless you. We honor you, Father. Oh, 